In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you by the number of curse words Captain Crunchy said during the final two minutes of last year's Iron Bowl. Oh, wow. Welcome into episode 12 of The Gospel Friends. I am David. I am Chase and Chastened for uh, <laughs> the introduction there. No comments beyond that. And I'm Nick. So I, I, and I'm I, no longer talking to David. It's going to be an awkward that, show. Uh, I saw that um, you know, we're getting ready to ramp up into um, in, here in the United States, the uh, pro football, and here in Alabama, more importantly, the college, college football, football season. And I saw that we were going to talk uh, a little college football today for a bit. And yeah, buddy. So and I you thought, with um, charity decided to rub it in. To be clear, you and I were not together for the Alabama-Auburn game. To be clear, we're not because you refused to watch any Alabama and Auburn games with me. That is wisdom on my part, owing to my uh, elder years and greater experience in the realm of human interaction. And according to your wife, uh, owing to the desire you have for me to not see you throw chairs and kick things. <laughs> kick chairs and throw things. Okay. Hey, David, Slight Fox correction. Sports actually posted an article for you today. It was on Clay Travis's Outkick the Coverage, and it was um, which SEC team should you root for? And apparently he is an Auburn fan for at least this year. Because all the answers led to being an Auburn fan, so awesome. Yeah, he's an Alabama fun. instigator. Hey guys, you I remember like that part of the show where we said, "Hey, let's start out with what's on tap today." Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So we're college football. We we're, this is not know. going to be a college football show today. Although we're going to talk a little college football, a little. Uh, yeah. But we are also going to talk about some very serious Absolutely. things uh, as well. So uh, we we are we are going to do the long-awaited, long-promised segment on cults. Uh, we're going to talk specifically today. Yes. You're right. We're going to talk specifically today about uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses and also the Mormons. We have a couple of voicemails to play for some uh, some feedback we've gotten from listeners, and just talk about uh, primarily how how would you know if you're in a cult and how do you witness to people who are in a false religion or a, a cult. So that's coming up today. That's great. We're also and I also let me start out by saying this. You've, many of you have listened to the show for, the, for a while. Some of you, this is your first listen. Here's how we roll. We discuss heavy, serious things, yep. and we discuss funny things, and, and that's just kind of who we are. We want to do the first thing with, with the gravest sensitivity and, and love and charity, and we want to do the second thing, discussing funny things with reckless abandon and humor and uh, hopefully some of this is going to be uh, uplifting, encouraging, and humorous, and hum of, hopefully some of this is going to be uh, edifying and uh, Christ-focused and, and ministry-oriented. And in that light, we're going to talk about depression in the church. Uh, we'll kind of gloss over a little bit of the, the Robin Williams situation. I mean, that has been talked about a lot. Yeah. Uh, a, a, you know, a, a great talent has been lost, but really we want to steer the discussion more in the direction of how do we deal with depression in the church? How do we minister to each other in this area? Yeah, it's coming up. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, uh, right, probably pretty deep in that topic. Yeah. Nick, what's your big, deep, heavy, emotional, mature, scriptural topic for the day? Football. Football. Wow, that is a deep one. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. No, I something to post in our local 
news website this week just kind of got the wheels turning. It is about um, Christian's favorite college football player, Tim Tebow. So Tim Tim Tebow, the, the man. tool man Tebow. Oh wait, I'm mixing that, that up. You know what? That was actually what was going through my head, but that was uh, Tim the two man Taylor tool man, Taylor off of the old show Home Improvement. Yeah. That's yes. where that joke came Such from. A good show. So Such we've we've had some tremendous uh, feedback this week on the Twitter. It has been awesome, and you can contact us at, at My Gospel Friends, as many of you have. Uh, notice how I kind of took your thing you for did. a moment. But I'm giving it right back at this point because oh, okay. all I care about is the Twitter, so you take it from there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I care about the voicemail. Oh, well, you want to go do that too? Yeah, let me. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail as. No, you're uh, not doing it in order, though. Oh. We have it in a specific order. Well, just in the show notes. Can't we move off the order? You're a little OCD about the uh, show notes right, order here. You do your thing. You can leave us a voicemail. And by the way, we have now personalized the greeting on the voicemail. <laughs> so funny story about that. When we were getting the podcast ready, we were just kind of putting things in place. And I forgot to go back and check on some things with the Google Voice when we set it up. It was ringing my work cell phone. Yeah. So there's a, real, yeah. there's a real chance that sometimes... You guys would have actually talked to me had I answered my work BlackBerry. So, or I'm, here's my question: Were people that when they called and you didn't answer, did they actually get to the voicemail I, or did it cut them off? I would. I don't want to because you silenced sure. it. I'm sure. We we have, yeah, I, uh, lost out on dozens of interactions. I'm afraid I'm sure. we. Well, I don't know that it would be dozens, but it was certainly a couple. And I do apologize because right. I really didn't realize well, I had we set fixed that up it. that way. We fixed it. Is it is fixed. We it have several straight. voicemails this week, yes. and you can reach us, at which is not a good sign for me. Two oh five. Two zero five five seven five nine seven three five. But David, what if I'm listening to the show and I'm in, oh, I don't know, Athenry, Ireland, or Adelaide, Australia, and I don't know how to call that number with those or strange maybe area codes? We don't. We probably think they know how to. It may not be convenient financially. That's right. We yeah. were not insulting our international Thank listeners, you. whom yeah. we value greatly. That's a great question, Chase. And I would what actually say to those listeners. Um, that as far as I'm concerned, you're you're kind of out of luck because it's not in the show notes, and I don't know the uh, the address. But the fact of the matter half pipe is, or something we have uh, we have made a half way, pipe. and it is not through the miracle of half pipe, but speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends and so we will have that in the show notes as well um, but speakpipe is a cool service that's helped us out with that um, you can go to speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends and we'll also have it linked and if you're from another country and you have a cool accent I mean I'm almost <laughs> wanting to guarantee just about whatever you say within reason within you're going to make reason. the show so please call uh, if your cool accent's accent good people. enough yeah and, and unless it's dirty we're well, we can't do that we are a, a Christian show yeah well, I mean you yeah Despite I, the I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I mean, I mean, it could be borderline if it's a really cool. Accent. Look, I'm the one editing the show, so it could, you know, we have you have a little bit more leeway. You know, David, my kids listen to this show, and you know, they're totally gonna ask me, Daddy, what did you say at the Iron Bowl last week, last yeah, last year? I'm That's like, gonna be awesome. Nothing. He was just making a joke. So, Chase, if your toe was tapping to the uh, music coming in on the intro, uh, Sean Lombard. Yeah. I, I do want to give credit to uh, who, who, our good buddy who, who, Sean Lombard, who, who is for that for? Whatever this has been our best intro ever. Has uh, has lent his music to this uh, bless, train wreck, wreck of a podcast. God bless you, Sean. Go to uh, his Facebook page or his uh, website, Sean Lombard L O M B A R D dot com, and order a couple of his past worship albums. They, really they are. are tremendous. They Fantastic. Are I think he's got a new one coming out too. If it's not already out, I think it's a live album too. So what is that I hear splashing in the water right outside the Hall of Dogs? Uh, well, it's dun, not dun. Um, 
kids in a kiddie pool, it is rather sharks. I'm afraid of sharks. Yeah, actually, so we we just kind of got into a discussion this week. Uh, it's uh, if you get the Discovery Channel, uh, this was Shark Week on the Discovery Channel, and it, it's, it's it's amazed me how big Shark Week has gotten. Mm. I mean, like you know, everybody. People are talking about it, and there's advertisements about it. and It made it on the Gospel Friends podcast. Well, it did, which is huge. And I actually found a pretty funny uh, article this week, or interesting article, not uh, uh, hilarious, but a uh, pretty interesting article on the uh, HuffingtonPost.com, uh, Chase's favorite website out there. And um, there there's is a, a lot of Chase slander <laughs> going on so wow. far in this show. So this is five facts that you did not know about Shark Week. And uh, right oh, off boy. the bat, number one, Shark Week was invented in a bar by a bunch of drunk people. Not surprised. <laughs> so uh, uh, Gizmodo says Discovery Channel employees Gizmodo. were stoned. Why, why do y'all correct me all the time? I mean, it's like... I mean, no comment. Did you just follow me around and correct my... my how do you know it's not Gizmodo? Have you I've talked to the people? following the blog for years. <laughs> Have you talked to someone that works there? Actually, heard we've listened. Yeah, we've listened to him several Next. times. All right, Gizmodo Thank says you. Discovery Channel employees were stoned when they came up with Shark Week, uh, which we did not endorse here on the Gospel Friends and actually believe that is a sin. Yes. However, sin. a former Shark Week Stop executive sinning. producer claims they were only lightly inebriated, which would, <laughs> I think, still be a sin. Either way, they were definitely drinking and probably a few spirited rants during the conception of Shark Week if they were just drinking, probably not a sin unless they were there with someone who had offended. After the idea was brought up, it was written on a cocktail napkin, and then the world became a better place. Awesome. The world became a better Here's place. Here's the second thing I bet you didn't know Boy, about Shark Week, and that is the creator of Shark Week also helped launch famous Aussie Steve Irwin's career. Crikey. Yes, and, and so that's a, a Clark Bunting, uh, the president of Discovery, is the same guy that launched the Crocodile Hunter. And I'm just going to tell you guys right away, that guy, Steve Irwin, is one of my big heroes. I miss I Steve mean, Irwin. Oh I my really god! Do. When I found out he died, I teared up. Yeah, uh, I I was I was depressed for a couple of days. There's two celebrities that have died that have hit me hard. Oh wait, wait, can I guess the other one? Yes, I want to see if it's the same one that was for me. Okay, Andy Griffith. It's Andy Griffith. Yeah, well, I did say Andy, thing. And, and I know that's a big wide variety, but wow, when Andy Griffith passed and when Steve Irwin passed, it it messed with me. And I I think actually Steve Irwin might have hit me a little harder because really? I mean Andy was Ange was older and and he lived a good life. Steve, man, I'm gonna make Matt Red. Been sad bringing this up, but I was watching back when I was on my country kick a few months ago. Now the early start of the show, Andy Griffiths was in was in Brad Paisley's "Waiting on a Woman" video, and he plays the old man in the video. Oh, really? He actually talks the lines of the song. You talk about something that makes you. If you're an old Andy Griffith guy, talks about something that make you go. Who's chopping the onions? I might have to check that out. Yeah. By the way, miss Steve Irwin. You kind of like, you kind of felt like you'd gotten to know him watching that show, and oh, his yeah. family was on oh, there. So what, and what actually just, helped him meet his demise? Oh, he got. Um, you don't know this. You don't know the story. Oh, I do. I'm just bringing up the fact that a guy that hugged grown crocodiles met his fate. Oh, but it was such a fluky thing. The yeah, way it, the it, way was, it went it was down. A, it was a. It was just a weird, like you said, fluke. It was all it was. That was just one of those things to me, though. That was just you're never look. You never take someone's death lightly. But you went the crocodile hunter was killed by a crocodile. No, no, no. It was a stingray. No. I thought it was a crocodile. No, it was a hey. giant stingray. Uh, okay, then I don't know. My bad. No. He, he was, Who was it that was a lion? Repent, Nick. Repent. This hey. is what we're telling people to repent hey, look, of now? All of our Aussie listeners, they're, they're right now. They're sending pointed emails. Look, and the Auburn people will be hating me in about five minutes that weren't already hating me. Caretaker so, Auburn man. and Aussie I'm fans, sorry, Caretaker. Send your hate email to Nick. 
Uh, a couple more. The author of Jaws was Shark Week's first host ever. Jaws was a huge uh, movie here in the States. I don't know if uh, internationally. Anybody yeah. roughly our age is at least a little bit afraid of swimming in the ocean because of Jaws. Uh, just a bit. I've actually been to one of the places where they filmed the movie. Really? Which one? Uh, it's, it's a restaurant in Florida where they did some of the They filmed Jaws in a restaurant. Well, that's not very scary. Outside in the bay next oh, to see. the restaurant. Out, <laughs> okay. A place called Captain Dave's. Um, it's actually not there anymore. And oh. uh, someone Captain almost... Captain Dave's in uh, Destin? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. A, that was a great right, place to Yeah, eat. it's not there anymore. Well, they moved it on down. But anyway, okay. it, out, out in the bay there, they'd filmed some of the scenes. And someone almost died while filming for Shark Week, which you've always wondered about. Uh, it was biologist Eric Ritter was bit in the leg while shooting footage for a Shark Week program. So here's the thing. I, I have a shark story, and I thought I'd, I'd put it in here. Um, I don't know if you guys got any shark stories, but I actually had a kind of a close encounter with a shark last year at the beach in um, – the uh, in uh, the Gulf Shores, Alabama, and so I was. I uh, went out into the water with my kids, and it was one of the deals where you you went out just a few feet, and it dipped down. It was probably chest level, uh, just a few feet out from the uh, from the beach, and then you came up on a sandbar. So if you've ever been in one of those, you know, at the beach where you get a sandbar, probably about you know ten twenty yards out, and it the sandbar was large. I mean, we were literally it was to our ankles, and and so I'm out there kind of playing around with the kids and. I see. Well, I was like, "Oh, a dolphin! That's awesome." There's a dolphin right up there by the beach, and then I and then I saw there were actually two fins on it, um, and I realized just in in a moment that that's a shark, and and it was between me and the beach. It was in that 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 gully there um, uh, between where I was on the sandbar and and the beach. And my first instinct was, I got to get my kids out of the water. Sure. And then I very quickly realized, oh, I can't get my kids out of the water to do that. I have to actually take them toward where the shark is and so uh, i wish that the story ended with me swimming over wrestling the shark um it cutting should. off his head or something like that but it didn't i actually just stood there kind of scared for about 10 minutes until i couldn't see, see the shark anymore and then <laughs> ushered my kids quickly back to the beach that's a pretty good story smart, smart you have move. a better one i i don't i don't know I, I i don't have a shark story i actually have an electric skate story right Yes, because that fits this whole segment. Well, it's underwater. I thought that might be kind of good. I was at Navarre Beach one time, and, you know, electric eels, everybody knows those, but there's also electric skates and electric rays, and I didn't know there was such a thing. I found one under the water and began to poke it with a knife, and and I was in college and stupid, and I didn't know what it was, so I poked it a few times Versus with a today. knife. <laughs> Uh, thank thank you. you for being the one to say that. And uh, started messing with it, and I will tell you, it got its revenge. Because when I started messing with it with Shocking. my hand, it shocked the fire out of me. And I floated to the top of the water. I was about 12 feet down. I floated to the top of the water just absolutely, utterly stunned. You've not lived until you've been shocked by one of those things while you're fully no, immersed in the water. I've never actually heard of one. I just, I just okay. Googled uh, I electric skate and a bunch of actual electric skateboards came up <laughs> well, on okay. sale for like $500. So it sounds like a band, too. I'm just wondering if you made that it up. That would be a good band. Uh, so anyway, I just uh, Nick, do you have any shark stories? I I have a jellyfish story. Does that count? Uh, look, it's as close as Chase's, sure. Jellyfish week, <laughs> electric skate week, shark week. My jellyfish story is basically – it made me think of it whenever you're talking about your hammerhead story, but we there was a rush of – jellyfish a couple years ago in the gulf yeah and i guess it was just like jellyfish season the three days we were at the beach but 
they came in waves and we were out swimming and we weren't even out as far as the sandbar, but we started swimming back in and we looked down and it's just jellyfish everywhere. And we have, you know, not, I don't think my kids were old enough to get out in the water then, but we had some of my wife's at the time, young siblings. And it was, I mean, it's freaky. Those things don't feel good. So we ended up skimboarding over them and. Yeah, hey, it was freaking. It's better I've than been a st- deadly seaweed story that you could have told or something like that. So. I've been stung by a per- Portuguese man of war. That's that's actually pretty impressive because they're they're kind of it. Ki- it was awful. I have a long list of things that have stung me and bit me, and it's it's incredibly. Did long you have because someone I'm really kind of stupid? Did you have someone pee on your leg <laughs> wherever you got stung? I did not. They no. say to do that and make the sting go away. I just screamed, and my parents gave me first aid. I they was had- young. I jumped on it. Okay. Well, uh, on purpose. Public service message: Dry, uh, dead Portuguese men of war that wash up on the beach and you jump on, they still, still, still get you. Still oh, get you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so buddy. the electric skate fish you just send me. I've seen these before. Okay. Don't yeah, touch they're, them. They're freaky looking. Don't touch them. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen. Don't them lick them. Ironically, thank you for that advice. Yep. I, my kids were fine to go back in the beach uh, in the water the next day, which I was a little uh, surprised. They've by. never seen Jaws. Shark Week was on that week at the beach, and uh, oh, that is epic! It was funny that You're very night. Beach. That very night, Shark Week was on, and they did the like ten deadliest sharks, and Hammerhead, which is what that shark was, um, was like number two on the list. Apparently, they're pretty aggressive because they they can't see well and they have radar, and they just attack what's in front of them. So, like wow. Nick, see, anywho, sorry, I'm trying Nick. to prep for the game. Do you Don't have a game? Me. I do. Let's go. No, so what okay is it today. Well, I've been inspired. Um, the Shakespeare Batman thing was so much fun, um, and I was just starting. I was just kind of googling for. So this for, was the game we did a couple of episodes ago, where we gave um, statements and we had to choose: was it Shakespeare or Batman? Correct. And so, um, you know, in in my geekdom and in, in my use of the Google, um, somehow I came across a correspondence back and forth between Zack Snyder and. J.J. Abrams slash Bad Robot. And apparently since, uh, I think it's the 23rd of July, um, Zack Snyder sent out a Twitter, hashtag Super Jedi, and it was Superman. Um, Henry Cavill is Superman with a um, actually a red lightsaber indicating that he is evil, um, which may be um, telling for Batman versus Superman. But Bad Robot had replied with a Boyega Man, <laughs> and it was Batman with, looks like Han Solo's blaster. And so Snyder actually replied with, um, it looks like it's Tatooine from A New Hope when R2-D2's kind of lost, and Batman's there with him. Yeah, you just it, lost me on all that. Star I intended to. Um, and so Bad Robot had responded with a picture of C-3PO and the Rebel Alliance symbol as the bat signal. It was It's pretty cool. And so it started making me think, ah, idea for game. Batman. All the uh, Star Wars people are geeking out right now. Batman versus Star Wars. Okay. And so today our game is well, I'm Batman, sunk. Batman versus Star well, Wars. Well, you never know. Because I uh, just saw Star Wars last year for the first time. I almost got you in the Frozen game, despite the fact I've never seen it. So any of these, these games go, don't tend to be go. fair. Anyway, let's go, Nick. All right. And we'll start with Chase. Chase, these are not the droids you're looking for. Okay, that's the Trinity. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm ready kidding. for I, the cult. Uh, I was expected, I'm sorry, that was podcast. actually a softball. I expected David to veto that one but he's really not paying attention so no, he's out he's getting ready for something else he is we've lost it as soon as you said Focus star wars Dave. i stopped listening okay david yes star wars or batman are you ready yes are you sure no <laughs> go ahead i've got a very bad feeling about this batman no can i guess no, <laughs> did you know i did of course <laughs> so that's in star wars yes okay go ahead that's okay. negative one for you 
No, we don't lose points. You do. I'm okay with this. Um, it's <laughs> it's Chase. It's not who we are underneath, but what we do that defines us. Oh, Batman. I've actually seen that, and you know, I know that line. So it's plus one to negative one. No, I'm up by two. <laughs> Your compassion is a weakness. Your enemies will not share. The response, that's why it's important. It separates us from them. Star Wars. That's actually close. There's two. There's similar. <laughs> that's actually close. Yeah. It, it was, it's either, I mean, it's either that or Batman, so well, it has to be close. That is a good point. You were 50% away. I hate this game. <laughs> this is an awesome game. I'm so pumped. Chase, when I left you, I was but a learner. Now I'm the master. Ooh, that is Star Wars yes, all is. the way. I mean, I, and I a bad really, guy in Star Wars. I really feel like I'm at bad some bad geek convention right now. <laughs> you you are. All right, but you work in IT, remember? Um, all right, David, you are as precious to me as you were to your own mother and father. Aww. I swore to them that I would protect you, and I haven't. Batman. Correct. Alfred said that. Yes, he did. Yes. Aha, two to one. Coming back. All right. What is it, first one to three? Um. Yeah, sure, sure that's fine. Oh, wait, I marked it wrong. Hold on, please. Don't wink at me. Um, hey, now, what, what, what's just, that? what just happened? All right, I can't do that one. I had something uh, in my just, eye. All right, Chase, you ready? Yeah, I am. I knew him. I was his friend, and it will be a very long time before someone inspires us the way he did. I believed in him. Batman. It is Batman. <sighs> nice. Good game. I know give me a fist bump. I right. hate losing to you. David, I'll give you a bonus point if you can get this one right. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Well... I've seen the that's memes. the Riddler. I've seen the memes on Twitter, so I know that's Star Wars. Okay, I was just trying to help you out. Yeah, you don't by you don't way, give the explanation. Way, you just please save save your tweets to me about <laughs> how you can't believe that I only saw Star Wars last year. And by the way, I haven't even seen all of them. I saw the first two and have haven't seen the third one yet. So I mean, I get it. I'm the only person in the world that has seen straight. Them, you have nothing to worry about. You, this is a podcast. Time out. Surely, podcast listeners don't. In like the digital age, in the digital age, it. where we can get anything, anyhow, anywhere, and all of your friends that you go to church with have multiple copies of the Star Wars trilogy, and, and you watched A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and you didn't watch Return of the Jedi? No, because I've heard there's a... Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. Luke Skywalker has just found out... Spoiler alert, sorry. I've heard there's a girl in a bikini in it, and so I didn't get it to watch. Well, there is truth to that. Like, I watched the first two with my son, and he really liked them, and I thought, well, then I asked, like, isn't there something in the third one, and he probably shouldn't see it, so I just hadn't bothered to get it. I mean, I liked the first two. It was good. It, they reminded me of Spaceballs, the movie, Mel Brooks. <laughs> what an odd thing to say that what? Star Wars reminded you of Spaceballs. Well, it did. I'm sure it did. There's probably some sort of a reason for that. You are a year older than me, and you watched Spaceballs before you watched The New Hope. How did you do that? So how, how, how about, guys, we oh uh, get on to uh, for the record, a little bit more serious? For the record, I did opt to go with quotes from the Christopher Nolan Batman movies just to give David a fair shot. Good to, job. To try to give it Because I haven't seen all of them yet, which is crazy. In well, itself. I tried to keep it things that... Are you, you saying know, I wouldn't have known the Batman stuff? I just tried to get keep it more likely that people have seen him instead of Batman 1982 comic issue 3 kind of thing. We're going back to uh, professional wrestling trivia again in a couple (laughs) weeks. I bet we are. Me versus you and you're going down. I'm going to find something I can beat you at. Okay. But see for it to be you versus him I'm going to have to pick the topic. 
All right, I can hear our thousands Here we of go. serious listeners saying, hey, let's, let's get, get on to it. Stuff. So we're going to talk about, we, we've talked for a couple of weeks about, uh, we've introduced doing a, um, uh, a, a segment on cults. And um, part of this came from our good friend, the caretaker man uh, from Australia. I don't know why I just did that. I don't think that's how they say it down there. Yeah, but that wasn't nice even job. a good accent. But anyway, uh, so he's been witnessing and has really had a heart for a group of Jehovah's Witnesses that came to his door, and he set up a couple appointments for them. And so we just, it, it kind of got us into uh, where we're going to do a little discussion about cults and, and just kind of flesh some of that out. So I thought we would we'd actually um, uh, maybe start with just since he's been uh, working uh, to bring the gospel of these Jehovah's Witnesses, I actually thought we would start with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, this is one of those groups that um, kind of runs, quote-unquote, parallel to the um, Christianity in a way. I mean, like there are some people who would say they're they're very similar. Um, and so I think they have at times been called a Christian cult. Um, I want to give an overview of them, and then we have a voicemail to play from the caretaker man. But Chase, do you have a kind of maybe a synopsis of the Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah, what I'll what I'll do is I'll kind of really quickly go through uh, you know a, a super brief history of Jehovah's Witnesses and kind of where they deviate from biblical Christianity. Uh, we by the way we get the, the question every now and then: What denomination are you? What flavor <laughs> of Christian are you guys? Well, I mean we serve in a in a Baptist church, but that if you came to our Baptist church, you would realize it's a uh, it's it's it, it's a big tent Baptist church, very hopefully very biblical evangelical. If you were looking um, for a traditional Baptist church, you probably would not stay very long. No, you wouldn't. So we we've got charismatics here, cessationists, we Presbyterians, all, all kinds. So our goal is to be biblical Christians, and and it's very obvious in a lot of ways that Jehovah's Witnesses deviate significantly from biblical truth. So in 1879, they were founded by uh, Charles Totsie Russell, who was uh, he used to be a Presbyterian and Congregationalist uh, minister himself. Um, he founded the movement on a lot of uh, uh, prophetic-type things. There's been at least 20 predictions by Jehovah's Witnesses' leadership about the second coming of Christ that have proven false. Um, they are a somewhat uh, uh, quick-growing uh, group. There are ultimately around 4 billion of them. Um, I'm sorry, 4 million of them in the United States of America. Uh, and uh, let, let me just give you kind of a brief overview of where they differ. They have a very radically different view of the Trinity than biblical Christianity. In fact, they are very much anti-Trinitarian. God is one, and Jesus uh, was a very special person, but he was not God. They say that God the Father is, is one person, completely separate from Jesus Christ. So no Trinitarian view. Um, Jesus was was created. He's not God. Um, he was perfectly obedient to God's will, uh, but he himself was not God. They view the Holy Spirit even more radically different than I think uh, the true uh, biblical truth on, on him, uh, and that's the first thing they would disagree with. They would never call the Holy Spirit a hymn. To a Jehovah's Witness, the Holy Spirit is a force, not a person. Uh, the Holy Spirit has no personality. Um, it's, it's merely a force. Um, and, and probably the, the, one of the bigger, more obvious uh, differences between 
biblical Christianity and Jehovah's Witnesses is that they have kind of a weird – I say weird. That's a little bit judgmental. It's, it is unbiblical view of uh, eternal life. Essentially, 144,000 people are going to be in the anointed class, and they will reign with Christ in heaven. Uh, they are the the faithful and discreet slave. And then there are other people in Jehovah's Witnesses organization, because obviously they're much bigger than 144,000, that will have an eternal life of, of some uh, goodness, but not quite to the level of that 144,000. Uh, they don't believe in blood transfusions. They will not celebrate uh, birthdays and holidays. They believe in remaining neutral in conflicts. And, and there's some more... Uh, yeah. Things, but that that's an overview. I think one thing is we, we're going to cue this um, this voicemail up from caretaker man. But uh, I think that uh, one of the one of the one of the keys here is I, I was actually having a discussion one time with a uh, with someone. We we're talking about Jehovah's Witnesses, and it, it, this guy was telling me, you know, I, I work with a Jehovah's Witness, and and you know, and they they pretty much believe what we do. And I said, no, that you know, they <laughs> they really don't. And see, that I think that's kind of the danger because Jesus is in there. You know, this is Jesus is in their religion, and. And and so I, even with the Jehovah's Witnesses, I I think they want you to believe or hear. Well, we're really just like you. We you know we we there's a few things you know that 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 we want you to understand about about us and our religion. This but but you know we believe in Jesus. And the, but the fact is they they believe as you were saying not that Jesus was not God. He was was a created being, not not God, not on the same level as the father and and that's a huge i mean that is that completely underwrites the gospel it completely undoes it you can't you you can't um you can't have the gospel without god who comes down and becomes a man jesus was fully god and fully man and if you back away from that then it's not uh, true it's not true christianity let's let's play this uh, voicemail from caretaker man in Australia and, and hear uh, what he has to say about uh, his interactions with the Jehovah's Witnesses there. Okay guys, it's me again. Um, this thing was so easy I thought I'd uh, give it another crack and um, give you a bit more info. Alright, so the J-Dubs, they came to my house and um, two fellas, um, initially they, they came just to give me a tract. The poor fellow was shaking in his boots when he handed it to me um, and he just said, I'll just take this and we'll be back next week to talk to you. So they came around the following week, uh, the young, same young fellow with what I assume was an elder from his church. Uh, do they even call them churches? Whatever. Kingdom Hall, that's right. So they come in and we spent a good, oh, maybe 80 minutes just chatting. Um, and what I noticed is that any time I would uh, tag them on or try to try to point them to the Greek meaning of certain certain phrases, they would um, almost instinctively uh, change the subject. And you can almost pinpoint the time in the conversation when the guy looks up and and, and notices my book my bookshelf with all the books that certain books that I've got on it. Um, but hey, they weren't intimidated, so I'm I'm impressed with that. Uh, they came back this afternoon and they they hooked me up with a copy of something called What Does the Bible Really Teach? So, wow, um, how's that for arrogance? But <laughs> for a title anyway. So I told them I said, look, guys, I'll take a read of this, and I'm I'm really keen to catch up with them again. So that's going to go down in two weeks' time. But uh, yeah, I'll give you more updates from the front, um, from the front door. Um, anyway, bless you guys. Looking forward to the next show. Bye. All right, thanks to Caretaker Man for that that message. I, I think this is this is something, and I won't let hear you guys comment on what he said in in, in working with these these two guys. But 
Uh, one of the things I want to say is people people are listening to this, and we're talking about cults. I think a lot of times when when you hear someone say cult, you think about someone who maybe worship worships Satan or sacrifices or animal or is brainwashed, and 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 truly, um, for the majority of there are some some weird cults out there. I'd say weird, you know, the uh, Heaven's Gate cult here in the U.S. Uh, from several years back was just a really bizarre one um, where all to do with a Hellbop comet in a spaceship uh, <laughs> and and not to make light of it there were people who lost their life yeah. there were people oh, yeah, who, yeah. who killed themselves in that cult so not to make to make light of it but I mean it was just you look at it and you go well, that is so odd but a cult doesn't have to look like that it's essentially anything that denies the true faith the truth of the Bible, the truth of Christianity, the fundamental beliefs of Christianity. Uh, so essentially, you could replace, I think, cult with false religion, uh, which the Bible teaches us over and over to avoid. So what do you guys think about um, some of the interactions there? Yeah, and to say real quick, if you are a Jehovah's Witness listening, we're not saying you're, you're brainwashing people or anything like that. We're saying this is a significant deviance from biblical Christianity. Uh, and that's that would be the working definition of cult we're going to use. Well, what I think, uh, you know, the the thing about caretaker man here is that he is he is trying to engage these guys, which I, I really appreciate his heart and applaud what he's doing because I think a lot of us who've had Jehovah's Witnesses come to the door, um, you know, it's it's more of a you're trying to get maybe trying to get them to leave. Uh, one thing that I think he pointed out there is, you know, they're handing the track and, you know, they're trained really well yep. on going out and what they should say and what they should present. I mean, that, I think that is something that they're, they're, they're trained well on in, in terms of going out and doing, um, doing some, um, uh, you know, evangelizing for their faith. So uh, I want to get in just a second about how we approach people in in a cult. But um, as far as as far as his interaction with them, do you hear anything from the voicemail that was? Well, well I'll, I'll say this because we've kind of been following Caretaker Man over Facebook. Uh, you know, we, we've become friends with him through the show, so we've been following his progress. I, I just, I, I so appreciate the heart that says, uh, these guys are not just uh, an interruption of my routine. I want to run them off as fast as possible. Uh, Caretaker Man is taking the time to witness to these guys, but not just in a sense of, I want you to hear what I have to say and that's it. He's he's loving them. He's listening to them. He's being relational with them. He's not assisting them in the promulgation of a false gospel, but he's engaging with them relationally and challenging them with the real biblical gospel. And kudos to that. And let, and originally, uh, Caretaker Man had actually contacted us just to merely ask us to pray for that, uh, but it's really been something burning on our heart as a good topic to talk about. Uh, and I, I think we're, we're ultimately going to talk about how to engage a cult member, and I think this is how you do it, relationally with the Bible. That's the tough thing. It, with My background with this stuff comes a lot through my, my, my wife, and, and their upbringing was uh, drastically different than mine. And, and there's a lot of truth in what they, they came up with, but the things that that I have seen have the most impact is the relational rather than the dogmatic find yourself on one side or the other of, of something. And so that willingness to talk to them and, you know, I, sometimes I wonder about what, how much fruit he's going to be able to have, especially if that guy's bringing an elder from his church. I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from having those conversations, um, you know, to, to the, um, 
maybe less learned. Um, I, I, I would actually throw up a little bit of a caution flag um, to do a lot of study before before you try to engage no, you here. Um, because, the, you know, what they, you know, he again, he mentioned the arrogance of what that book is titled. Um, but, but it sounds very convincing. Um, I remember when um, Romney was running for office um, and everybody was freaking out. How can we have a Mormon as president? I'm like, well, what do they really say? And if you look at their website, it's, it's one of those, how far behind the curtain do you have to get to find out what they really believe? Because if you look at their website, their what they believe statement doesn't look that different than, than 10 churches I can find in our area. And so just be careful, you know, not, I'm not saying don't engage. I'm just saying know your word when you kind of step up to the plate to talk well, to these is, guys. It is a, I mean, it, I think what you're pointing people at is, is important because um, there has to be a strong foundation you're standing on. I remember... Uh, this has been years back, but I remember when the Da Vinci Code oh, was yeah. big. Uh, da Vinci Code that book came out. Messed the, me up. The, the, the book. Well, we had we had actually had someone here at the Hall of Dog Winters. Don't go here anymore. But at the time, I remember them coming to me for counseling, having read the book, saying, "What? I mean, is this is this true? I mean, it really like messed with them and yeah. their place in their in the faith." So I and think it was tough about that. Is he? You know, in in just to kind of step into that because I, I I remember that, and because you know I remember reading it wasn't the book itself it was me and my wife had had read a couple of things by Dan Brown and we started I started reading more about Dan Brown and some of the research he's done and it wasn't reading a fiction book it was that research and that's what and I'm not trying to say Dan Brown's correct by any stretch uh, but you know that stuff these people are not unintelligent and there's yeah, that- and they're not baseless in how they approach their thing. So I think one thing we're saying here is you need to be, you know, it doesn't mean you've got to know every facet of Scripture. Sure. We're just saying, look, be solid in your faith and what you believe and, and, and know some background and some information on who you're speaking to so that you can, you know where they're coming from. Uh, I think that, uh, I, I do think Caretaker Man is in a way, it seems like he is trying to engage these oh, guys in a very relational way. Sure, sure. Because I think what you said is uh, is important there, and it actually gives a good segue because we had another uh, new listener um, this week uh, and, and he contacts over Twitter, Jared Buckley. And uh, Jared um, is actually out in Utah and uh, out there doing some work with um, trying to minister to people who are in the Mormonism cult. And as some people right away are going to say, wait a minute, you're calling Mormonism a cult because... Again, like you said, this was, yeah, I mean, this was back a a couple of years ago. That was the big question because Mormons will say they're Christians. Other people, I think it was even Joel Osteen who came out. uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, so y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Well, you're his biggest fan, so. Well, you know, but I I do think that he he mentioned that, you know, he was asked the question, do you believe Mormons are Christians? And did he not say yes to that question? You don't remember. As I recall, I think he hemmed around a little bit, but more or less, yes. Okay, well, I'll look it up. But uh, they, they too, do not believe um, fundamental fundamentals of Christianity. And, and so Jared actually called in and left us a voicemail talking about some of his work out there with um, with the Mormons. So let's, let's play that and, and, and hear what Jared has to say. Hi, my name is Jared Buckley, and I wanted to call in because of the topic you're going to be chatting about in this next podcast about cults. Uh, four years ago in 2010, my wife and I came out to Utah to plant a church in the Mecca of LDS land, where we live in 80 to 90 percent LDS uh, religion. And so everybody, our neighbors, everybody is LDS. And so 
we came out here in a heavily religious land, and we didn't know a ton about Mormonism. I mean, we knew the basics, but as we lived out here, the culture and the way that they lived actually fleshed out their doctrine. And, I mean, when it comes down to what is a cult, I mean, it's anything that elevates a man or something outside of Jesus. And, and that's exactly what Mormonism is because Joseph Smith is their saving grace. Now, they won't say that, but their doctrine points to it. Their their scriptures, where the Book of Mormon is not their only scriptures. They have the uh, Pearl of Great Price. They have uh, the Doctrinal Covenants and a bunch of other literature that points to the, their teachings. And so the whole, I, I guess I would come down to this. Their terminology of who Jesus is is radically different than what Christians proclaim. Jesus is a man. He is the Son of God. He is not God in the flesh. He is the Son of God. Their belief of the Trinity is radically different, and the whole thing falls on that crux, is the Trinity, in my opinion. God, actually God the Father, what they call Heavenly Father, that's how they term it, he was an exalted man. And so he was man at one time, and they say any man can become a god themselves and have their own planets, and, you know, let's not go into that. But we just came to understand after talking to so many LDS people and, and actually even having relationships with former LDS people and ones that I've discipled, it comes to it's a man-based religion. It's all morale. It's after all that you've done, then Jesus will make up the rest. Well, that defeats what grace is. And so uh, there's so much I can go into, and I, I want to pull myself back. But how do you reach these people? you got to live in their lives. They have to trust you. They have to believe you. And you just sprinkle the seeds constantly and praying that the, the power of God would manifest in their lives. I'm, I'm going to cut at that at that because there's so much more. Thanks. Hope that helps. That is a fantastic voicemail Absolutely. by Jared. I, I got to say, guys, we've talked about this off there, but I, I know we, show? Uh, I know we all agree with this. One of the funnest things about doing this podcast is just the connection with people all over the world, like Jared and uh, care, Caretaker Man, etc. I want to latch on to something Jared said that just is, is really spot on. He said their terminology, talking about the LDS Church or the Mormons, their terminology of who Jesus is, is radically different from who the Bible says he is. And Christians and Mormons agree on a lot of things, ethics, morality, etc. But you understand, to have a radical disagreement on the person and nature and ministry of Christ and the gospel is a huge, massive deal. This is not splitting hairs. This is a mega difference. Yeah, and I, I again, I appreciate Jerry calling in. It's at Jared Buckley on Twitter, and uh, Nick just said, can we have that guy on the show? <laughs> I mean, I think, actually, I, I think we're hopefully hear from Jared a lot more in the future because he's talking to yeah. him this week over email. He's doing... Got, God's got him doing some incredible things out in Utah Praise and God. some of the, the ministry. He actually has a podcast that uh, I need. I, I want to try to plug uh, at some point. Um, Go ahead and do devote, it. Well, he I don't have the information okay. from me. That's why we'll I try to get bring it. Show so we'll try to get some show close notes. by him. But he um, actually has a podcast that is directed toward. Um, uh, ch- uh, families with special needs children. It's it's also I've listened to a couple episodes this week. Um, having a son that that we've adopted that has some special needs. It was and some some nieces have special needs. It was really a great podcast. So I want to 
I want to point everybody toward that. But um, yeah, I, what he said. He, here's the thing. I, I think he was pointing us also to some important signs, like like you said, Chase, about being in a cult. Um, I, I think when you start seeing people. Um, elevating their own teaching above the doctrine and the teaching of Scripture, what we believe, the, 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 the traditional um, doctrine in, in Scripture to be. I think if you see people um, seeking out uh, inappropriate levels of um, loyalty to the, the people who lead the group or the religion, um, you know, truthfully, the Bible points us to Christ, and in pastors and teachers and leaders in the church are there to shepherd the people and point them to Jesus, not to themselves. And then I think, too, when you, when, you know, another obvious sign is, is, is people who are in the cult and who try to leave the cult being maybe threatened, uh, threatened with, whether it's, you know, isolation or threatened with, um, of course, Violence or just mm. threatened with a shunning. I think I think some of those things point you to a possibility that you have found uh, yourself in in a cult. Something to you know, and I I completely like what Dan and, and Jared have both said. But what they said about relationally, and the thing, and, and not everybody's going to be like me, and so that that's fine. But but some may don't have to be right. Okay. Mm. Let the let the, the gospel be right because that's the only thing that's right. We in and of ourselves aren't right. The only time we're right is when we are standing on the word, and the word is right. We're still not the ones who are who are right. And so, don't have to win an argument for the for the sake it, at the expense of a relationship. Don't have to win an argument at the expense of a, of a friendship because you know these you know people are playing. Paying, playing for keeps in this stuff, and it, and it has eternal consequences. And so, it's it's worth us not having to win, or even have every answer. Um, you know, I remember in some of my immaturity, you know, especially apologetics and things like that. I wanted to debate the atheist rather than convert the atheist, and and I'm not proud of that. I'm not I'm not trying to say that with any vibrato now, um, but I do find a lot of us who who lean to the intellectual side of Christianity want to win. Um, the debate rather yeah. than the man. So, and I think we're we're gonna move on just because of time crunch. Um, and I think there's a lot more. No, I think there's that was really good. I think there's a lot more that we could talk about this, and I think we should. And we want to hear your feedback on it. Um, Absolutely. But you know, I think that a few things that we've been pointing to today is 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 number one, just consideration of a a group's beliefs in accordance with the Bible and the Bible alone. And so, you know, really find some people who you trust have a solid understanding of Scripture and doctrine and and check the beliefs of the groups you're in according to that. And then as far as reaching these people, I think, you know, Caretaker Man's point is toward knowing doctrine and understanding and being able to talk to these guys because they're handing him tracks about what does the Bible really say. So understanding the Word and knowing the group and, and where they're coming from and what we see with, you know, as Jared was saying, is, is living in their lives relationally, making, you know, trying to form some type of, of um, relationship with them, which, again, is what I think the caretaker man is doing. As, as we leave... Um, and speaking the truth in love, as Ephesians 4.15 says, yes. truth balanced with love, love balanced with truth. Yeah, you had a you had a great uh, uh, tweet that went out this week. Did you do that on the My Gospel Friends site? The tweets from Tim Keller on uh, 
grace and truth? Yes. I, well, I don't know if that was my personal. I don't know if that was uh, your personal, but they were not. really good. Just talked about the importance of having both grace and truth in conversations. So I, I mean, a lot more on this that we could say, and, and I think we should continue talking about it in the future. And so send in your your, your questions and comments there. As we get out of this segment, let me give the, uh, Jared's uh, information. First of all, you please. can go to his website, specialfamiliescoach.com, specialfamiliescoach.com. And there, there he's got a link to articles that he's written and also to his uh, podcast, which is Building Special Families, the Building Special Families podcast. So uh, Jared's doing a, a lot of great work there, and, and I think we'll be hearing more from him in the future. That's awesome. I Just to add on to that real quick, not to belabor the point, but in some of David's telling us about that, um, where they're based is a, a no-man's zone for Bible-based yep. churches. And Absolutely. so if, if you're nearby, um, they, you know, they need other strong believers nearby them, and you probably do too. So it's it's probably worth it to reach out out to them. All right. Uh, so again, kind of keeping with this, hey guys, we go serious. We go a little a little uh, not so serious. Uh, Nick, you had uh, an article out there oh, this sure. week about uh, <laughs> our one of the favorite subjects of the SEC, Tebowing. I, I got to point out, Jared said something about trying. He was trying to figure out where we're from. And he said, well, based on the bad accents, I, actually, oh, I don't know if he said bad. I think he actually said based on the accents. So, yeah, I think he said southern accents. I think he said based on the accents and your, uh, your uh, sad talk about the SEC um, <laughs> that he reckoned we were in the south. Uh, sad talk. I think he was originally from Arizona. What are, what are they, the Wildcats? Yes, yeah. Wildcats. Yeah. What? What? what High school musicals going through my head. Pack anyway, something. Yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> I'm good. just kidding. That's a good. That's a good conference, Jared. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah nothing to be ashamed of nah, out there. No. no I mean, it's I mean, not. They, they won national major championship leagues, a couple decades ago, didn't they? Wow. Anyway, wow. go ahead. Let's. So we're talking a little T-bowing. <laughs> that was David. I've by got the way. nothing. Um, Californians. The, All right. So Californians or Pac-10 <laughs> guys. Paducah, Kentucky. Twelve now. And cats and people who like Star that's, Wars. That's how erroneous we are. I think yeah, it, we're pretty old. I think <laughs> we just kind of keep sad. track of real football. Well, and here. so what brought this oh, up, and and to only cement us as football nerds a little bit, um, the SEC launched the SEC Network this past week, and that's and that's where this article Paul, came up. Paul, Paul. <laughs> oh, if you guys have never heard hey, Phyllis Ramolga, do a yourself a favor. That's hey, a don't, reason. Don't ever hear her. <laughs> that's I mean, a reason to not show. like the SEC right I there. Understand. Look, Phyllis Ramolga makes me want to be an Auburn fan, okay? But then there's Tammy, and so it, it balances out. Ugh. What we're referencing is a, a for a long time, a talk show um, host, Paul Feinbaum, had a radio show that was infamous in this state, and he made a career, it seemed like, of pitting the two football teams, Alabama and Auburn, against yeah. one another. Honestly, I'm surprised there were not, not more murders that actually came well, out of that show. we do know some trees that lost their life, but um, <laughs> I'm getting so much trouble for that. Um, but he, his contract with, with his radio uh, ran out, and he got hired by ESPN, and he is one of the anchors... Um, the flagship anchors of the SEC network and um, they are pitting um, on some of the shows they're going to be put pitting him who is this love him or hate him guy with another in a lot of respect, respects love him or hate him guy um, in Tim Tebow and you know if you don't know who Tim Tebow was a couple of years ago 2008 I think uh, he led Florida um, to a national championship famous more than a couple of years uh, oh I got to correct you Zing. <laughs> you, that's your one for what a dozen episodes now. Go ahead. Um, Baker's does it if you count the beta. That's not really a pilot. But yeah, it's, sorry, <laughs> love you, David. Um, but but Tebow 
made national news um, for being a very outspoken, and it seems John not, 316 under his eyes. The eye black, the but eye black. it doesn't seem like just a kneel in the end zone, cross himself, point to the sky Christian, but like a live it out. Yeah. His parents were missionaries. There was a question about whether he was going to try NFL or, or go to the mission field guy, and he never made it in the pros, for better or worse, and um, now he's going to be one of the analysts on the SEC Network. And, um, you know, J.D. Crow, who is a um, op-ed uh, cartoonist for AL.com, the, the local website for Alabama News, um, he had a little op-ed piece today that said, um, Tebowing the SEC, ESPN has faith in Tim Tebow and the religious fervor of SEC fans. And so there's a lot of kind of um, nuance there. But, you know, he, he brings up something interesting that says, uh, at the end of the article, you know, he says, love him or hate him. Um, what would you rather see, Tim Tebow or Miley Cyrus? He said, I think I would prefer Tebowing to twerking. Mm. And Amen to that. You know, it's just, it, it's one of those things. People love or hate Tim Tebow. They love or hate Paul Feinbaum. But, you know, I, I as much as whenever he was a quarterback for Florida and beat Alabama in the 2008 SEC championship game. Um, we don't have to bring that up, do we? Yeah, well, Talk about the next year. But I, I have been encouraged to watch him walk out his life and and live by what he said. He did it when he got in the NFL, too. I mean, oh, he, he did? Was, yeah, he, he was the I quarterback the, for the uh, Denver Broncos. The, well, the Denver uh, the Broncos, Broncos and, the Jets. and then he went to the Jets, yeah. But, you know, I remember some of these Hollywood starlets talking about being ready to kind of clean up their act and would love to date a nice guy like Tim Tebow. And he's like, no, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> you know, he reminds me of Captain America, Captain America. in yes. the Avengers. Um, in fact, I'm surprised. I think if Tebow's heyday had come more around the Captain America movies, that would have been his nickname. That would have been. Some that's people call him Superman, but I, honestly, I think – Captain, Captain America, America that's Captain America fits a little bit better. Hey, Tebow, to me, he got a bad rap. I mean, it, it's this it's this whole thing. He got it, I think, from Christians and non-Christians alike about this, 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 quite honestly, I think just a tired statement of, you know, well, your faith just needs to be private and you don't need to push it on everybody. Just, you know, and, and it, it, you know, I, I'm not one of these guys who, who, who says, woe is us Christians and, and for persecution. I mean, I think that's, Jesus said that's part of the deal. Absolutely. And so, and, and, and I don't actually know how much real persecution he received, but, but the fact is everybody lives out their faith. Everybody lives out their belief system. Everybody does. And everybody, you know, when you tell someone, I don't want you to talk about your faith in the public square, you are, you are putting on them your belief system. You're doing the same thing that that you you're saying they're doing, you know. So I, I don't, uh, uh, you know. I, I think Tebow got a bad rap, and and uh, you know, just I, I'm glad to see him on the show. I'm glad to see that he's he's getting to do something. He excitingly led the uh, Broncos to a playoff win, uh, and was summarily fired, and then was fired right after that for Man, that was crazy. Uh, old Peyton Manning, but uh, which you know, and I don't even. I didn't get all up in arms about that. To me, if you get Peyton, one of our friends did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But I mean, look. To me, if you get Peyton Manning, you you get Peyton Manning. I, I that, understand. That's, that's the deal. I just that's that's the way the business works. You know, but. talking about uh, Tebow being able to express his religion in the public uh, arena, I will say this: I, I, I like Colin Cowherd a lot, and I, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm conservative in many ways, and. And You're a Christian. I am. Uh, by the grace of God, shock. that uh, works well for this show. Cowherd and I are diametrically opposed on so many issues, but one of the reasons I love his show is because so often he's talking about religion. He's talking about his agnosticism. He's talking about other people's faith, other people's atheism, and I think actually a good, strong engagement of ideas, knowing that there is truth and not truth. I'm not being postmodern here. 
Uh, I just like that. I, I, and I don't yeah. think we muzzle Tim Tebow. I don't think we muzzle Richard Dawkins. Huh. That's an interesting. No, I mean, it's yeah. Disagree it, vehemently with Richard Dawkins, but don't muzzle him. I, I don't think um, I don't, uh, Matt Walsh. That's atypical made, for a lot of a lot of Christians would see Dawkins muzzled. Hey, anyway, Matt I, Walsh may come up Badland. may come I'm up at some point it. tonight. But you know, I love or hate Matt Walsh, the blogger. You know, I I think he he wrote recently in one of his blogs something. He, he said we've lost the ability in this country to have rational discussion, and yes. I actually think that's I think that's. That's and I think the internet is to that degree. I mean, I think that's just true. Look, the thing, you know, I'll I'll say one quick thing about Tebow. You know, I I don't wonder if he hadn't been silent about his faith, had he not had a more of a chance in the NFL. I, I, I you know, and I don't want to be that fear mongering blah 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 guy. Look, I was you know, I was still when he went into the NFL. I was still you know, Alabama hurt feelings about him in Florida and. You know, whatever, and so I was. I was not a Tebow fan for a long time, but um, I don't wonder if he wouldn't have had more of a shot if he still wouldn't be a second or a third string QB somewhere. Well, which if speaks to if that's the case, speaks to the culture today because I mean, well, I I'm for one, and and I would get you know probably people who'd be upset with me for saying this, but I I think Michael Sam got his shot in the NFL this year because of his um, outspoken I, homosexuality. I mean, I just I just let me I think. Let me say this. At least that's the reason I think that the ESPN cameras were in his, in his home, home for his spot in the draft. So, you know, if that is correct, I think culturally, it, just, it, I mean, it shows us where we are culturally. Yeah. Well, look, and Jesus speaks to it. You know, it's in the scripture we read this morning in our in our sermon, and it says clearly, you will be hated for my namesake. And so it's this shouldn't come as a surprise. I don't think we should sit around going, oh, woe is me. Da, 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 da. I think... It should just—it's another opportunity for us to live out true faith. So, amen to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking more about uh, football in the weeks ahead. Yeah, try man. not to talk too much about it if you don't like it, but we'll we'll sprinkle it in here or there. We're about to move right back into another those very serious subjects. Yeah, so so hang on, shifting gears a little bit. Speaking of being offended and Matt Walsh and <laughs> oh, and some of Matt. those things, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the issue of depression in the church. And and this is guys, we're, we're going to have to be sensitive. Here we're going to have to be wise and and loving, um, but I would say to you, all of you listening, make it. Gosh, if I can say this in a kind and gentle way, make it a little harder for people to offend you in this day and age, especially mm. if you're a follower of Jesus. Amen. You know, First Corinthians thirteen talks about bearing with one another. That kind of means having thicker skinned, not being quite so easily offended. And so our goal at talking about this issue that is so important to people, so deeply personal and felt at such a deep level, we want to be edifying, we want to be encouraging, we want to be biblical, truthful, godly, and loving. We're not trying to offend, but if we say something offensive, just you know, give grace and uh, let us know and, and let us engage with you. Uh, I tweeted out uh, earlier this week on, on the uh, at my gospel friends feed a question. It just merely said, discussing depression on today's show, your thoughts. Is it wrongheaded to call suicide selfish? Would love to hear from you. That one tweet caused somebody to immediately block us. Um, she, she tweeted back, no, and then blocked us. Um, now, all the most of the all all the other engagements we had, and there was maybe a hundred or so, maybe more than that, were were very good. But this is a uh, 
this is By the way, uh, she issue. was a uh, free thinker, according to her bio. Well, which yeah. I actually wanted to tweet back. You don't not really that free of a thinker. I I mean I guess I guess maybe not. But anyway, so I've she's talked a to free thinker that likes to protect her mind against those who aren't. Well, and, and I, I mean, I think that's actually a contradiction, free, as you're free, pointing out. Free thinking, I, I'm tr- I'm free thinking, trying. as long as your ideology is not Contra. Christianity, because that's just rubbish and that's not real free thinking. Anyway, well, that's well, another, another rant for another day. Okay. Indeed. So I've talked a lot. David, how about you just kind of set the stage for us for this discussion? You know, we had a very prominent celebrity commit suicide this week. Again, we're not going to talk too much about that. But take from that perspective, take us into this discussion on on depression, suicide in the church. And then and, and later on, I'll bring up the Matt Walsh issue, and we'll deal with that angle briefly. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think uh, right off the bat, as Chase was saying. I mean, none of us are are, are sitting here talking about we're experts in this area. Uh, I think there are though very obvious questions that people have, and, the, and and depression is a real issue. And as a pastor, and having counseled for for quite a few years, I know and hear that this is a very real thing that people deal with, and and there's such a divide in the church over depression and how you answer it and respond to it, which is probably uh, a lot of what we'll talk about tonight, which is just, you know, is it is it a physical issue you address with uh, medication? And there are other Christians who would say, oh, you should never do that. It's, you know, you, know, you just seek after Jesus and he'll overcome. And there's all this, there's a divide in the church and people who dig in on their positions and, and, and think kind of they have the corner there. This week, um, and really, it, it this kind of exploded with the death of, of Robin Williams as the story came out that he had, he had committed suicide. We didn't really plan to talk about that a lot tonight. Robin Williams, very popular, uh, I think, all over the world actor. And, and I think one of the reasons it was so shocking that he committed suicide is because Robin Williams was just a – it was such a joyful guy it always looked like. I mean, most of, so many of his movies were comedies. He made us laugh. He made us laugh for years on various shows from Mork and Mindy to movies like Mrs. Doubtfire. And so when you hear a guy who – Really, it seems like, oh, man, that, guy, that guy's so funny. That guy's always so happy. So, you know, I mean, it's sad. It's really sad. My kids love the Not the Museum series, and he's in that series. And I was just thinking about how the new one's about to come out. He's in it. And, and uh, you know, trying to, you know, maybe explain to my kids that he's not with us anymore and why. So, so but that, that brought up, you know, Matt, Matt Walsh wrote a couple of uh, articles um, or one particular article right off the bat uh, regarding the story and, and Rob w- Robin Williams' suicide because it was, you know, such big news hitting all the news outlets. And, and so that started this discussion with people uh, about depression and how the church is dealing with it and how should depression be dealt with, which is, um, which has kind of brought us, um, you know, here tonight. So, uh, you know, I think that I, I guess we really can just kind of start in that in that place, guys. There's the divide in the church. It's there are those who who say this is completely a physical problem and we need to deal with it with medication. There are others Christians who would say you should shouldn't take medicine at all. Um, you should just again trust in Christ. And there are probably those who are in the middle. And it, it's a big divide in the church. It is it is a huge divide, and just just looking at our at the Twitter feed, at the discussion, um, we've had some great discussion this week, just along the lines of how we deal with it. I mean, some people are are saying uh, that it's strictly a spiritual problem, so uh, and that would be uh, at Delilah. 
um, C. Robertson 981, uh, she says that it's 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 a it's depression is a spirit of hopelessness that needs to be brought in prayer uh, to Jesus. It's a spiritual issue, and then on, on, not quite on the other end of the spectrum, but we have uh, uh, Desiree Johnson at, at Mrs. Angry Grandma, which she doesn't look like a grandma. I've noticed that. Uh, yeah, um, I'd, uh, I'd be interested to know the um, behind her Twitter feed name. Yeah, a couple times. she said it depends on the level and type of depression. Sometimes it takes medical treatment to allow for any reasoning to occur. If treatment doesn't work, meds or otherwise, it may be almost impossible to change thought patterns. So some see it as strictly a spiritual issue. Some see it as more of a, a physical issue. And most of us, uh, aside from the tr- uh, rare Twitter conversation, we don't talk about it a lot face to face. I don't know the church talks about it. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that the church knows the answer. I think there are people who think they know the answer, and they kind of get hard lined on one way or the other. But I don't know as a church that we address it. Um, and it, and I think it may be coming from a place of not knowing how to address it. Well, you know, I th- I think that is more it. And as you were as you were giving your discussion I, I made a mental note because you mentioned it it caught us all by surprise because he always seems so happy and the thing i will say is he always played mostly the 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 roles we love him for were boisterous happy people or he was happy in them but if you ever watch him he does not look happy there is a sadness in his eyes and somebody actually posted something on twitter that just rank resonated with me is that the ones that make us laugh are always the saddest Belushi, Farley, Williams. Wow. And 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 it kinda it struck a chord with me and it goes back to what we talk about all the time about kind of relationship and things like that. And you know, again, we're not talking about Robin Williams tonight. We're I'm I'm talking about the people in my life that that I see every day and I know they're not themselves and I wonder what's wrong, but I don't want to pry or I don't want to or I've already asked them once, and I don't want to. I don't want to bother them because sometimes people just have a bad day, yeah. and, and we have a bad day, and we need to work it out. Because I, I, I think the converse of that is true: is that you've got those people that everybody knows every problem they have, and you don't want to look for problems where there aren't some. Um, but I think we should have people in our lives, and it, and it doesn't have to be a network of people. I think it's one or two people that you know, night or day, no matter what happens, you can call on them. And, and I would encourage someone who doesn't think they have that person. You do. You're just not being honest with yourself. And that's and, – and, and someone in, in, in deep murk, I understand that they don't realize they have that person, but I believe you do. And, and if you don't feel like you do, there's a church nearby where you can find – Someone that will love on you, who will walk yeah. side you by know, side. It was amazing. I, I saw, I don't know how many tweets I saw this week out there where there were people saying, you know, I, th- I think it was coming from this discussion. Also, a tweet, uh, Chase, you sent out about people wearing masks and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, unhealthy, take off your mask and, 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 you know, for the, in the church and people because we need each other. And, yeah. and there were so many people that responded and said, yeah, I tried that, didn't work out. I'm not even a part of the church anymore. Yeah. Right? So you know, many wounded people. So many. And, and I, Legitimately. Know, no, I mean, yeah. And it's not for me to say, you know, I'm not saying in responding to those people, uh, well, you know, you just need to, you know, you just need to, you know, that's not, that wasn't a legitimate hurt. I, I know those kinds of things happen, but, but Jesus pointed us 
to each other, to his church. He prayed the night before he died that we would all be one. And so I, I don't believe Jesus points us to something that's not possible. I do believe there are good, Bible-believing, loving church families out there. And I believe if you pray and ask Christ to lead you to one, then he will. It is not an optional extra to be a part of the church if you read the words of Jesus, because that was one of his great concerns. Well, see, that's, and that's where I'm saying this from a place of, and, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to minimize the, the people who have said that about having gone to the church, tried it, didn't work, I'm not even in the church anymore. But, you know, this is, this is behind the curtain stuff for me. You know, when I'm encouraging you, find those people because everybody has one. I'm speaking as a guy who the two guys in this room are people that I know that I when I'm thinking about it rationally, that I I know that I can call them. But there's so many times that I don't and I should because I know I can, but I don't want to bother them. Or if I'm being honest, sometimes I don't want to feel better in that moment. And and what what I have seen happen in my life is those moments of I don't want to feel better right now for and it's just for five minutes i want to i just want to feel bad for a minute and i want it to be okay and i want to feel bad and i'll get over it well yeah. those last longer and they start to happen more and so if you if you're proactive on the front end they don't they don't take root they don't last as long things like that and you and you have people in your life if you'll be honest with yourself most of us um and if you don't i think there are those who there if if you'll look yeah i think one of the reasons along those lines one of the re- those reasons why we have people that have suffered with depression, even even gone so far as to attempt suicide or have suicidal thoughts, shared it in the church, felt utterly rejected or wounded or whatever, is because um, it's, it's, it's kind of like unless you've gone through depression or something like that, you don't understand it. And, and you'll just give platitudes like, <laughs> trust Jesus and everything will be okay. Well, there's truth to that. At the same time, Revelation 21.4, at the end of the age, Jesus is going to wipe every tear. That mm-hmm. means some of us are going to go into the end crying. There's going to be tears until Jesus comes back. At least that's how I interpret that. But I, I will share a very, very quick personal experience. When I, in 2008, um, I became a senior pastor at the hall of, or the pastor at the Hall of Dogma Church. It was a big shift of responsibilities, um, and and I went through something I'd never been through before: fear, crippling anxiety. I'd never understood that. I, I, I never dreamed about it, and I never understood when other people talked mm. about it. I just thought they were being wimps or female or hormonal or whatever. I remember whatever. when that happened to you. Yeah. I took you to the hospital one night. I, I did. A, a I, had a, I had a panic attack. Panic it was Wow, I don't even know that story. Well, it ended up being brought on by uh, a mitral valve prolapse and wow. drinking a ton of energy drinks and caffeine that day. But, dude, I, I thought I was dying. Wow. Uh, but I went through just not just that hospital trip, but months of depression, fear, anxiety. I couldn't even sleep in the bed with my wife. I just had to sleep on the floor, and, and and it was crippling. I don't deal with it now somehow, but but the, going through that period of time, I only survived by going to sleep every night, just d- praying and devouring the Word and waking up praying and devouring the Word and, and seeking God for it. And if you've never been through something like that, it's almost exp- impossible to explain to somebody else. And if you're going through it, chances – and, and you tell somebody that's never been through it, they might not. They just don't have a context to even identify with it. I'm going to take a quick side road based off of that. 
because you've you've seen both sides of it, do you think if if we're being honest, some people don't don't want to have to think about it? Um, oh yeah. Well, and I know people that I've like death. That's exactly what I was thinking. I have a, a friend that I, I love to death that that lost um, a child when the child was a teenager, oh. and and how he said it just fundamentally altered some relationships in his life because people didn't people loved them, but every time they saw them, they were forced with the reality that they could lose their kids too. And they didn't want to have to, they didn't want to have to think about that. And so I wonder if that's one of the reasons it's sometimes hard for us to engage those people that are suffering with that. Cause we, we don't, we don't want to know yeah, what that feels like. Absolutely. Yeah. And we don't want to suffer with them. We don't want to be bothered well, by their problems. That we was the unspoken part of what I was saying. So thank you for taking well, that. There's so many, there's so many sides to this. I actually watched, you know, I, I watched my dad struggle with depression uh, for a good portion of his life and his later years of life. He, he's passed away now, but you know, he, um, a lot of his depression came on from chronic pain. He, yeah. he had a, a motorcycle wreck when I was very young. He lived with pain, especially in the later years of his life. It was pretty constant, and and that pain brought him to just very low places. And and look, and he was on he was on medication. He he, he was, but he um, he he had uh, he he dealt with the depression. He struggled through and 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 had um, uh, at times I think suicidal temptations, and so. Uh, you know, I I watched him and I watched him struggle with it. And I remember the feelings of just not knowing how to make him better, not knowing, mm-hmm. you know, and he he, he wasn't low all the time, but not understanding how to, you know, Dad, why can't you just be happy? Why can't you just be joyful? And I, I think this is one of the things that that maybe Christians don't know how to address this. They like like you guys are saying, that maybe they don't want to get down and get dirty, so to speak. And by that I don't mean that in a slight, but just you know what I mean, like getting down and getting your hands dirty and working mm. hard with someone. But maybe they don't know how to address it. And I think there's always in Christianity that vein of people who want to look at someone and just say Oh, you just need to have faith in Jesus, brother. We want to give them the platitudes. You just need to have faith mm-hmm. in Jesus. You, just, you know that pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You just need to have faith. You just need to. And we, we throw these little Christian sentences at them. That's really not helpful at all. Because there, there's look. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the believe in the power of God to destroy every stronghold. I also mm-hmm. think that the Bible talks about how God will empower us through our weaknesses. Paul had a weakness. We don't know what it was. He had a thorn in the flesh, and he begged God to take it away, and God said no, because my power is made perfect in your weakness. So there, there are times where God breaks weaknesses and problems in our life, and then there's times where God empowers us to walk through those. And we, I think we have to be very careful about throwing out these little Christian platitudes and statements oh, at yeah. people and just, you know... I don't know, maybe be controversial, but just have faith is not the it, it is. I mean, we talked about this where <laughs> Jesus said that to someone, right, just right. have faith, but that's not that's not enough in walking through a problem with someone. That's not enough to give someone. Um, there, there needs to be more than that, I think. Just saying that statement without in leaving that enough, it it it, it doesn't account for the full ministry of Jesus and what what he teaches his his followers. That's one of the things that I think we saw, Chase, this week on Twitter over and over again was I saw people talking about we need to love each other. We mm-hmm. need to love people who are in this situation. And it reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13 that talks about how, you know, you know Paul said it, it, 
if I can speak in tongues of men, if I have prophetic powers, if I understand all mysteries, all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. I'm nothing. And, and you know, reform guys, we, we, we put so much emphasis on truth, which I think we should. I don't think this is a, you know, we're not looking to balance truth and love. We're, we're looking to have a fullness of both. But we must love, and we must love people. And I think people are looking to have this understanding that uh, that they are loved. I want to give you guys uh, maybe a, a little bit of a, I don't know if this is a bit, bit of a controversial statement that comes out or question. People will say, well, you shouldn't commit suicide because suicide is selfish. Okay? Um, that That's something that gets thrown out. Now, here, here's the thing. I, I guess where I'm coming from is I don't think that's the highest reason to give someone to not commit suicide. I will say that I think looking at someone and saying, you should not commit suicide because it will hurt and harm me, is also a self-centered statement. Uh, that, I, that's I a self-focused. You're, you're telling someone you shouldn't. Now, look, I don't think you should commit suicide, but I'm saying that it's kind of a self-focused approach. I, I think maybe helping someone understand the implications of of what suicide would do is important. But like Desiree Johnson, I just saw this on, on Twitter, she she was asking the question, well, what if, what if someone thinks they'd, their family would be better off if they're not there, which is what some people think. I think there's a higher reason to give someone other than just, well, that's a selfish thing to do. Uh, like that's shame that that's a shame to me that's a shaming of someone you shouldn't do this because it's going to affect all these people i think there's a higher reason than that to to give someone there is a higher reason you're you're touching on uh kind of the thing that uh matt walsh wrote about this week essentially he wrote a challenging post that really offended a lot of people although there's a lot of truth to it And, and matt essentially said that that robin williams uh in his suicide he didn't die from a disease he died from his choice well there's truth to that. I have a buddy on Facebook, though. His name is Tolly. Shout out to Tolly. And, and Tolly said this, and I think it's a good balance. And several of the people in the, in the Twitter feed uh, echoed the same thing. Uh, Tolly said, I think what really matters is that people understand that depression, at least in part, is a medical issue, and that people who are extremely depressed may not be acting with rational thought. So, to the degree that they took an action, of course it's a choice, but the real question should be, under what state of mind did they take the choice? Hmm. That's, a, that's an excellent point. Yeah. And Matt actually wrote a follow-up. I would recommend you read it, especially if you were offended by what he said. I think he's wrestling with some good issues. But but I, I, I guess, guys, we don't have a ton of time here. Let, let's, let's be a little practical in our okay. discussion. We've talked about love as the – not the solution, but – being helpful. What does that look like? How do we help people in the church who are struggling with depression or even suicidal thoughts? That is such a big that's a big question because it, it is goes, a huge question. Because it and, and I'm really excited about being the first guy to answer, but it I can tell. <laughs> Let me encourage you there. Well because and, and it's because it's not it's not a lightweight thing. There's so many so many facets to it. How do we help people? Um we've and it's the it's the constant thread throughout the evening but we've got to know we've got to know they're struggling and so you know to know they're struggling the thing i would say is we have to we we as the body have to present ourselves as willing to be open to people and and this is where i I don't want to go down cynical avenue too much but for so many of us our schedules are so full 
that church is another appointment on the calendar of the week. And it's not the community that I think we see displayed in the New Testament. And I think even for those of us who are in community and we love our community, we are in a community with our friends. And so it's easy when we get to that community center to go hang out with our friends. Mm-hmm. And and I think we need to we need to make sure people know that's that quote quote unquote circle of friends is not a closed circle, it's open. But I think we as friends need to encourage one another to open that circle up. Um and so people people know, but practically, I think we need to we need to present it so people can can come to us. But I think we need to be looking around more than I think sometimes we we do. Um, the three of us obviously in roles of ministry here, um, our Sundays are pretty packed. But arguably, the guy holding the microphone is the people is the person people in the church identify with, and so it's it's a role of responsibility. But um, I think it's one that we we should take seriously and and be proactive in our looking and. and if we're too busy to notice, maybe we need to to refine our schedule a little bit. Yeah, and I like what you're saying there. I agree. You're, you're really pointing us to relationship, and I think that um, look, I, there's a, there's so many questions to this issue that we number one we don't have answers for, or even have time to even talk about so many avenues of issues. But I, I think I think one thing is um, just you know. Sometimes love requires pursuit. I, I think it's been pointed out already, but you know, someone who's in a dark time probably isn't going to seek out help. They're going to look to be alone. And I think that 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 you know, there are times even in our own lives, in our own relationship, there have been times where you guys have kind of tracked me down, said, "Hey, what's going on right now?" You know, you know, you you're, seems like you've pulled away a little bit. What's happening? Um, when we go through difficult times, um, you may need to pursue people pursue people in your life and pursue people that you love and, and pursue them to to check in on them and 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 set, arrange to eat lunch with them and maybe if they try to kind of push back and isolate themselves a little bit you know you're pushing back gently and and with a no I really want to I really want to get together because sometimes people need to be pursued to, to be checked on and, and and see and see how they're doing and uh, look, I, I, I'm pointing this back. Love, you know, I, if I was counseling with someone who's dealing with depression, one of the first things I would point them to, and this is not a, a commentary on whether or not you need medication or should steer away from medication, but I would point people to let's start in the Psalms together. Let's read the Psalms because when you do, you read some of these. You read some of these men of God who have wrote biblical songs and books of the Bible who went through horrible times and went through times where they felt like, and they even say in the Psalm, God, where are you? Have you left me? Have you rejected me? Going through terrible trials in their life and feeling like no one was there, feeling like their enemies were all around them, ready to crush them. And when you read that in the Bible, not only read that, but understand that God made that a part of his book, then you then you know that he understands our frailties and he understands and there are other people who have been through these things and not just other people but other people that God has used mightily so I want to just maybe just start there and walk through reading some of those psalms again not saying that's going to solve all the issues right. but a beginning step for someone who's dealing with with that sounds good well let me close this out and and by noting that this in and of itself is a beginning step uh, this podcast, we'll, we'll talk about it some more. Maybe we'll throw out some uh, resources and stuff on our on our on our page to help out with that. But I do want to uh, 
I want to get us to, I want to say this, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, dealing with depression, this is what we need to know. Love is, is powerful, important, and the first thing Paul says about love is this, love is patient. Somebody struggling with depression, I have, I'm not saying there's not miracles. I'm not a cessation, I'm not a cessationist. I believe miraculous healing does happen today. I believe the Bible teaches that. Uh, but at the same time, it has been my observation that dealing with this issue of depression, it is neither quick, uh, generally speaking, uh, or easy. And so the first thing out of Paul's mouth when he's talking to us about love is the fact that it's patient. Yeah. So as you guys talked about, open your eyes, look around, pursue hmm. people, open your heart to them. Chances are at least a quarter, up, maybe up to a half of the people you're in fellowship with in the church or just in real life, in any sort of life, are dealing with this. So be patient, love them patiently. Uh, and, and lest anybody think we're just telling people, hey, go to church and everything will be better, we're talk- we're, we're exhorting you to be part of an authentic, gospel-based yes. Jesus mm-hmm. community, not merely go to a church service. Community relationship. And any Those any, are the words ex- that any excuse you could think of, anything that would come up in your mind to say, uh, you know, that no, nah, it's not for me, I've been there, I've been hurt. Look, again, those things are real, but but Jesus pointed us to that. And if you're a Christ follower... Read the Gospels, read His words. He ex- he expects us to be together in a community. That community may look different, uh, like Nick is saying, uh, but um, it may not look like a, a, a traditional community. It, but mm-hmm. but be in one. The Bible is pointing us to that over and over. Amen. Well, like I said, beginning of the conversation, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on the Twitter at My Gospel Friends, uh, our website thegospelfriends.com, or even our Facebook group Hall of Dogma. Uh, and guys, that gets us to the after show. We kind of uh, loosen our shirts, unbuckle, uh, take the tie down, and and do some listener feedback. Have a little fun. Yeah, you oh, know. Boy. Now we had a great week of interaction on Twitter. I mean, just uh, tremendous, um, tremendous feedback. Start off with uh, Jason Garris at Jason Garris said, first time listener, first time caller, Plorp. <laughs> Which I loved. Oh, Plorp. back in the day. Tons of For fun, those that don't know, Thanks. is the sound that uh, when uh, arm fall off boy pulls his arm off. Arm fall off verbiage. Yes. So uh, we talked a lot about arm fall off boy. I think in one of the first episodes, we really kind of we were playing up the uh, superhero alter egos we have in the was that first the beta or of, the pilot. I don't just making my blood pressure go up, but it was. Uh, yeah, so yeah, arm fall off boy and plorp and, and Chase doesn't like us talking about plorp, but and I still don't know why, but apparently there's other meanings to plorp don't out there. Search for it. Don't Just, Google it. Yeah. But if you Google arm fall off boy, you will very clearly see that that's the sound that his arm makes when he takes it off. You will. Yeah. Chris Suskin, notice how I didn't butcher the pronunciation, said, caught the very yes. end of the podcast. Ha, you are in good company tripping over my name. Definitely a fan of the show. God bless you, Chris. Thank you. Chris was a uh, good... Check that out from last week. Hey, I would uh, maybe just give you a little piece of advice. If you're listening to the podcast, when that ending music hits, you might want to look down and see if it looks like a little time. Because every now and then, Nuke sneaks in some... It depends on how sanctified we've been on the (laughs) pre-show. And last week in episode 11, I had... uh, butchered Chris's name. <laughs> Poor Chris. And, um, Thanks anyway, for getting a good sport, yeah, Dave. Yeah, it was great. Rachel Cathy 
at Journey of Chuck, Hall of Dogma church member, and I have yet to ask her what the uh, Twitter. I was just there, about to say. I've got to figure out about. what that is. Uh, so we we need. Uh, I've got to check on that because I've I've noticed uh, that she that she uses that. But she said, "Great show this week. Loved your take on Driscoll and accountability in ministry. Also, mega curious about Chase's dog story." So, Nick, I, I don't know. All right, if, here comes the dog story. Do we I, have no, enough no, time? No, 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 no. Do we have sir. time? Oh, I don't know. I, don't I guess know, we'll have Nick. to put it off to next week. So, so Chase comes in, the background here, Chase comes in one day and says, I think I got a story here that I can tell for the, for the, the after right. show. And he said, Sam doesn't think I should tell it. Now, Sam it's, is an we all elder. Know Sam's to say, to so. say Sam yeah. shouldn't tell, <laughs> Sam, tell a story. Sam could take over for Tony Perkins at the, um, at the uh, family Council, if Tony Perkins is still over there, uh, <laughs> whoops. But uh, it, but you know wow. he's so we thought okay, well, we need to hear the story, and so Chase begins to tell the story, and within maybe twenty seconds, Nick and I were were no. like, and and this no, is no. me and Nick, and our no, no, no. our lever on uh, inappropriate stuff probably needs to be tightened up a little bit. Look, and, David and I say we go twelve years old a lot, quickly. and 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 I and I leave him at the starting line a lot too, and even I'm going. Uh-uh. Awesome. But, but, so I swear look, a lot, tell bad stories. This, people are going to come away with a bad view of look, me. Well, we never no. said anything about swearing. Look like David who, did at the beginning of the show. Okay. Oh, I forgot about that. But, hey, look, a long let time me ago. tell you what, what Captain Crunchy it's, has done, Nick. He's taken this to the people. See, he has. he's not told he the story, <laughs> but he's he's made people curious about the story, and now they're yeah. riding in wanting to hear the story. I, People, you Keep don't want to hear in. the story. You want to hear the no, story. No, you don't. You do not. I, I actually decided I was I was going to tell Captain Crunchy, of all the people he's told the story, if he could find the majority of them who would sign a piece of paper saying it's a good idea to tell it on the show, <laughs> that we might consider it. <laughs> Unmuffle Captain Crunchy. Let the truth be heard. Oh, my goodness. The people demand a verdict. <laughs> Jonathan at JP Boogie 2381 says... That's got to be 2381, by the way. I'm just just guessing. All right, 2381. Enjoyed the Driscoll episode. The band uh, was the safeties back in the Slacker 66 crush day. So this is a guy who actually said he knew Nick. Yeah. And then he used to fund his punk rock Christian band or something like that. Fund things? Do, what, do you have like millions of when dollars? Do you have money to be funding bands? This is great news for the we podcast. Were, we were teenage punk kids it didn't take a lot for us to, try to record records they didn't okay. take that long and I, I seem to remember it was in a studio in homewood and it was all of us standing in a studio and i don't even think it was true multi-track recording um i think they had mics on everything i think they mixed it down later but you know when you go to record something now you know the let's say it's pick your favorite band switchfoot john Foreman will go in there with a guitar and he'll he'll kind of do what's called a scratch track and then they'll go back and add the drums and then they'll add the bass and then the rhythm guitar and then the lead guitar and then the vocals and then the backing and then they mix it all that's not what we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about mic and everything is we play really loud um really fast so and, this is a guy that knew you back in the day and he immediately Recognized well, that you funny were on story the show, is I thought so. I had recognized him from another podcast, the Reform Pub- Pubcast, and he had he had talked about the area of town they're in, the church they're uh, go to, and I'd reached out to him on Facebook, and I just I never heard back. And look, I'm I'm bad at responding on Facebook, so I didn't think anything of it. But then he started corresponding with David, and David texted me during the week, said, "Hey, is this such and such?" And yep, so and I knew exactly who it was as soon as he mentioned. It. So it was it was it was cool to 
kind of pass cross again. So, well, it, we appreciate Jonathan tweeting in. We had well. uh, Jones podcasting at Jones podcasting. This is Chris Jones said, "I enjoy how you jump from serious to silly and back again." good it relieves the tension great podcast so i'm glad someone appreciates yes. that win and we just had a chase i'm gonna let you do the next one here because chris um and not that i'm i'm the guy to mess up a last name but you chris said chris suckins or something no no no, 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 no. no. this is different chris <laughs> different chris <laughs> but get. he actually uh just tweeted an, uh, in again live live tweeting as i was t- i was talking to him and he said uh He's actually a UK listener, yes. And he said um, that uh, he would be interested to know if we would get his last name I, right. I saw that. That's why you've assigned this one. I'm going to assign me. it to you. Uh, I am a huge Anglophile. Uh, love the British. Uh, love the British culture. It's going to devastate me if I if I butcher Chris's name. But I'm, I'm guessing it's Chris Stuttered. Chris Stuttered. Chris Stuttered. Yeah, he said uh, at at Chris Stuttered. Uh, that's two T's as stuttered. Just listen to episodes eight, nine, and ten. Love your attitude towards the Driscoll situation. Uh, thank you, Chris. We appreciate that. Um, uh, I think we have a nuanced view there, and, and and may God bring glory to Himself through that situation. He also says, also Batman is Armenian. That is interesting. I think Calvinist Batman would uh, disagree. Would have something to say about Isn't that. Isn't Superman the Armenian? Well, it just depends. I don't, I don't know. on Twitter. <laughs> All right, so Chris, we appreciate you listening. And uh, Nick, I think we got a couple of voicemails this week. I understand. We do. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah, let's you let's hear the first it. one. Hey, just really been enjoying your show. Um, listened to all the episodes. Uh, just want to leave a suggestion that um, you might get uh, old Captain Crunchy and uh, and. Nuclear Nick to uh, take a day off and just do one show with just rep verbiage because you know I actually a lot listen to him better. Um, his back probably hurts after every show, you know, having to carry the other two guys all the time. But anyway, keep up the good work. See you guys. Well, I'm really sorry. Your your back hurts so bad. We we can get you some medicine for that. I look. I that that sounds like an intelligent stra- caller. Strangely familiar. That, that guy sounds like he's uh, an intelligent sounding guy. Well, look for. for I'm, I'm a little. It's a little awkward in here right now. I haven't. I, I'm haven't played that one. Well, look. I mean, if if you need a week off, David, why don't you go ahead and take one? I'm actually we trying to Google uh, the worst redneck cities in America because I, I think our last caller sounds a little. Now we're from Alabama, right? Can oh, I say that without oh, yeah, just giving away our position? Yeah. Um, our caller even even made me a little think. Wow, that's that's country. Yeah, that's con. I wish he'd left his name before it was country was cool. I wish he right. left his name so we'd be able to contact him back. Oh well, are you maybe, guys okay? Maybe he'll call in and. Give us some more. I have a insight. feeling we'll have a rebuttal next week. Let me just say that from uh, uh you know oh, maybe you think from some, across the table. You think? So? Hey, uh, well, I what? mean a different country. Not, what are you not saying? Across the table. All right. Do, do we have any more? I don't even think. Nick? Other than that, we don't humor that gentleman with much of a response. Are you, he was are you saying some deep in the sauce? Are you saying some Captain <laughs> deep Crunchy? Deep in the sauce. Are you saying some Captain Crunchy and nuclear Nick fans might rise up? I would not be surprised by that at all. From all across the globe. I'm just going to tell you, if, if I had to talk for an hour and a half uh, on this podcast, I probably could. Safe no, no doubt. Uh, we, we heard from a listener this week who uh, apparently, uh, we didn't give a shout out to him. He listened to 12 episodes of the Gospel <laughs> Friends in a row. Dude, 
God bless you, brother. But David, you could talk for twelve episodes of the Gospel Friends and War. You're you're gifted at that. You have been given. You have been called out, sir. Rev verbiage. Ah, that was a compliment, Nick. That was spoken in First uh, Corinthians thirteen. Sincere love. Okay. Well, look, I wish the it, listeners could it, see the the glare I'm giving you right now. Even though it was awkward, I appreciate the Rev Verbage fan calling in, and uh, maybe maybe he'll call in again one day. Soon. This this we next person hope. is actually a good friend of uh, Chase, who was really inspired this morning at church. Oh dear. Hi, this is Tamara. Wanted to tell you about this morning. I wore a Doctor Who TARDIS dress to church, and Pastor came up to me and said that though he is a man. He was very envious of my dress, and if ever he wore a dress, he would wear the TARDIS dress. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, okay. how so, about that? So you you, <laughs> you want to wear the Doctor Who dress? The exact thing I wanted to go out to thousands of listeners has just gone out to thousands of listeners. Now, I am a Doctor Who fan. And so if you so you I actually felt not the need a dress fan. You actually felt the need to tell her that you would <laughs> yourself enjoy wearing a Doctor Who Taurus dress. A Tardis. 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 A, uh, a let's just talk that up to a poorly chosen compliment said with sincerity but uh sincerity but perhaps I should have <laughs> I'm sorry. Of a right, I, way. I'm going to express myself. <laughs> I'm thinking one of two things, Nick. Either Chase really does want to wear the Doctor Who dress, or he's the worst complimenter ever, and we have no idea how he actually ever got married. Hey, look, it was a cool dress. I'll, it, I'll just it, was say neat, that. it was a neat setup on the dress. Tamara, and, and she walked in me, she's like, I've got to give you credit. You have not made one snide comment about the dress. And I almost, I do the announcements typically at the Hall of Dogma Church, and I was, she was, uh, she likes to uh, be the heckler in the crowd, and I almost said, I will not take you know berating from a person wearing a police box today and i let it go and i'm glad i did because after she came up she's like well chase actually said if he was to ever wait and i Great. said i need to give you a phone number real quick that's awesome oh i straight up set him up and i will fall on that sword because the listeners All right well you, bo- you boys both can expect a little uh revenge next i was about week. to say I'm- i don't think anybody's going to be wishing for more of nuclear <laughs> anymore well, I, i'm just gonna have to work on a, a, a revenge dish best served cold all right look we we are whatever that means we are very uh thankful for everyone who is contacting us on twitter Absolutely. and voicemail and speak pipe i actually chris uh stuttered i, I hope that's how he should it. use speak pipe and give us a shout out yes from the uk so British chris if you listen to this for the win Get Please. the uh, get the speak pipe address. What was that again, Nick? Speak pipe, speakpipe.com slash the gospel friend. So give us a shout out, Chris, and uh, call in and uh, and we'll we'll put your uh, voicemail on the air as long as you do not say anything inappropriate, which I don't think you would. Majorly inappropriate. As a man of God. In the UK. Well, folks, that's about four hours into the show. I think it's time <laughs> to uh, flip the off switch for now. Uh, hopefully, uh, this will give our friend uh, the, making the 24-hour trip to his in-laws uh, a little, uh, at least three hours worth of listening content. Right, I got to give you. I got to. I got to tell you what I saw. So, uh, at Baptist Fixer, the uh, caretaker man, he yes. uh, he tweeted out um, some supplies that came into his church this week. Yeah, and it was some boxes of toilet paper. Uh, and the oh, uh, no. name brand is Who Gives a Crap. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, you are lying. No, I'm not. And he actually mentioned them on Twitter, and so it's at Who Gives a Crap TP. 
Feel good, do good toilet paper. Toilet paper that uses 50% of its profits. Feel good, do good. good. 50% of its profits to build toilets in the developing world, which is awesome. And then, oh, that is neat. Who, so they're based in Melbourne and San Francisco, and the name brand of the toilet paper is who gives a crap. That I think we awesome. need to change our supplier for the Hall of Dogma Church. I'm just saying. Look, hey, well, I'm, I'm down. If we, could change it from, if we could change it from the plywood, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Y'all should follow Baptist Fixer. He's a funny guy. I he fo- is. Oh, yeah, people out there. I was going to say, I did follow him. He just I mean, posted like, it just know. a FYI. The sign is to not be taken as a personal challenge. It is the caution wet floor sign. <laughs> he's, he's funny. Yep. <laughs> All right. It was fun, guys. It was good. Red See you Burbage next week. Fans call you, feeling, you feeling good or are you a little tired this week? My back hurts, but... You going to be ready for next week? I will. I, I, I go to the chiropractor ever since we started the podcast. Hey, do call us 205-575-9735.